Hey, before I kick off the podcast, I just want to shout out Nextdoor Clothing. Nextdoor, uh, a clothing brand based out of Bondi in Sydney. They're making really nice jeans and shirts and hats. So go and check out their full range at nextdoorsydney.com. They're also artists, so you can go and check out a range of art. They put on rad parties, and I love what they're doing. So nextdoorsydney.com for the full range. Hey, it's Shan here. This week, I speak with UFC fighter, Mr. Jamie Malarkey. So Jamie's back on the show again for a second time this year, which I'm just stoked about because uh, after our first episode, just really got to know the guy and just realized he's just like such a good dude. And uh, him and I, I guess, connected since then and, and sort of stayed in contact. So I thought it was a good time to get him back on the show because he has another fight coming up in Vegas uh, if around the time of publishing of this episode, probably in about a week's week's time. So get onto the UFC Fight Pass or ESPN so you can watch that or fly to Vegas and watch it at the Apex. It's, it's amazing. He's just an amazing human, not because he's obviously a really good fighter and, and a, an elite athlete, but he just has this this innate kindness and sincerity that I'm just drawn to. You know, I, I just I think as a man, I'm really... I just really love men that are, you know, really tough and strong, but then kind as well. And that that combination, I just, I guess it's what I want to be like, you know. So Jamie in this episode goes deep and a bit more into more detail about his training regimes, his recovery modalities, his diet. But we speak a lot about his relationship with uh, long-term coach Ross Pearson, who's uh, also a, a former UFC fighter, and just you know the dynamic and the the chemistry that's created over time. And I guess obviously it's quite successful because he's you know achieved what many elite athletes in that realm want to achieve, and that's a contract with the UFC. You know that's the ultimate for a lot of people and. He really breaks down how exciting this time in his life is and he's not taking it for granted. He's just enjoying the whole process and, you know, it's a a blessed life but it's also a life of dedication, commitment and very hard work, you know. But he loves those processes and it's about the journey, right? And you've got to enjoy the grind otherwise it's what's the the use of doing it and – yeah, it's good to have him back on. We hung out down in Wollongong, spent the morning together. It was recorded on Mother's Day. Give a bit of a shout out to the mums and hope you enjoy it. And uh, as always, uh, this episode's for my children. I dedicate every episode to them, Clementine and Otis. So enjoy. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. Two, one. Right, do this. I, I actually love getting on the tools for a day. Do ya? Yeah, like just a day here and there. It's like it breaks it up. Get back on the tools with the boys. But when it goes like a few days in a row, I'm like, all right, <laughs> you get a bad job. Yeah, yeah, you get a bad job, and you go, oh fuck, I remember why. I don't like this. <laughs> Does it bring you back to reality? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <coughs> I'm going to turn that aircon off. It's dry my throat. Nah, that's... Is that I'm all right fine. with you? Yeah, man. It's just dry my throat out. Yeah. I've been talking a lot this week for various reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Um, 
that you have another fight on a fight night, you know, in Vegas. Mm. How, do, how do you feel about that? Do you wish it was a pay-per-view? No. No? No. Why? I, I want a fight night so I can get a 50K bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Because, like, uh, when you're on the on the main, um, on the big nights, on yeah. the, the UFC, like, main cards, main events, yeah. all the bonuses are more likely to go to the, the, the headliners. Yeah. Because they've got, and which is fair enough, they've done their time, they've, they're, like, drawing in the show, so... It's it's way more likely for fight of the night and performance of the nights to go to those guys in that like top three fights. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm still I'm still climbing the ladder. So if I get on a on a fight night and I'm on the main card this one, I'm pretty sure. Um, so me and Garam, we're going to put on a cracker of a fight. So I like our chances of maybe getting in there for a sneaky fifty k. Dude, fifty uh, k would help. Oh, uh, de- definitely, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I was saying to you earlier, like, if I went to Vegas to watch an event, I'd prefer to go to a fight night than an actual pay-per-view. I mean, just because you can, it's so much more intimate. Yeah. What, what do you like about that intimacy of it? I, I actually liked it because um, uh, there was actually a while before I fought in front of a crowd again since my debut because of COVID. So COVID came, then we had the... Uh, Fight Island where there was literally no one but the judges and uh, the judges and the ref. I hated that. Then I, I fought at the Apex next and um, that, that small little crowd, it reminds me of when I was like uh, starting as an amateur in a, in a t- small little pub. You can just hear every voice. It's like, it's sick. I, I, I like it. And the small little cage, it suits my style because I, I like to come forward. And, and you can hear, hear your coach better. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my favorite thing. I can literally hear every word. That, it's, it's, it feels like it's a it's a fight, obviously, where yeah. we're... we're, we're we're at that fight intensity and um, it's it's kill or be killed. But, yeah, I, it feels like it's almost like a like a training session. Like I can hear my coach okay. the whole way through, clear as day. And how integral is that for you as a fighter? Oh, so, so helpful, man. Like, is it? Yeah. Like you need to be aware yourself when you're in there. You need to have your own uh, calculated decisions. And But with Ross being that the – Eyes from the outside, he can see things that I can't see that I'm that I'm doing um, that I need to do more of. So, yeah, having his voice there obviously helps as well. So, are you someone that really relies on that? No, no, okay. I'd, I, 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 I'm fine by making my own decisions and being in there, but it definitely helps. Yeah, okay, yeah, and How- I respond well to it. I, I'm I'm a fighter that listens to my coach. You are, yeah. Or is it just because it's Ross because you've got such a long-standing relationship with him? No, nah, well... What if it was another coach? Oh, for, yeah, well, <laughs> it, definitely it, it is. Yeah, you have to have that trust in your coach, right? Like, it, you can't just go in there and listen to everyone and be as uh, in sync with everyone, I don't feel. Yeah. yeah, me and Ross are very in sync with each other, so... Yeah, where does that synchronicity come from, you think? Oh, just all the hours, man! Just all the hours and hours of uh, of training together. Um, but you must like him, though, originally to even want to spend those hours with him. For sure, like he. Mm. I actually tell people this, like, so Ross is the first uh, coach that I or person that I've gone to train with outside of my original um, my original day one coach. So I I've started MMA by going to a like a youth fight. 
um, fitness thing and the off-season of footy. So off-season of footy, I was sick of getting out of shape and coming back into the fucking next season, just out of shape and sloppy. Um, and I started watching uh, MMA on Fuel TV, the Fuel TV days and the Ultimate Fighter. I was like, man, this is sick. Um, I wonder if I could do this. And I was watching with my brother and he's like, yeah, I... I know a place down at Erina they do like a um they they train teens and like troubled youth a lot of it was troubled youth and um I went down and had a session and literally I, I threw a kid in an armbar learned how to do an armbar threw a kid in an armbar and just like never looked back in your first session yeah yeah so I was just like obsessed I was like I, I, I love this stuff never even had the intention of fighting and then um yeah just got good at it just just got stuck in it by getting uh being good at at the sport um i was always sporty but never really a standout in anything i just like played a lot of different sports and that and um yeah this was like just i just took a take into it um yeah where were we going with that we started with oh ross, ross. yeah so yeah, i, I, don't know I know always ross. i always trained with noah and with uh this guy jason siebert and anyone i ever trained with was through them, right? So, like, oh, Jamie, I want you to go wrestle with the Cash Brothers. They they taught me how to wrestle. I want you to go here. I want you to go here. So I was always training with Noah and affiliates of Noah. And then um, the timing of it all, Noah was moving his – Noah's like my second dad, man. Like, he was, like, just brought me up from the age of 14, just training and fighting and uh, really being there for me through my whole pro career – Right until, and just the timing of everything, Ross moves to the small little central coast of Australia and Noah was moving his family up north away. So it just happened at that perfect timing. And I I said to Ross, um, uh, sorry, I said to Noah, I'm going to go train with Ross Pearson, I think. And the funny thing about it is um, Ross is very like my first two coaches, Noah and uh, and Jace. So they're very similar, like similar vibe, you know what I mean? They're, they're tough, strong, um, train hard. Like of all the people that I could go to, uh, I, I really like their style. And um, yeah, that's why I've, I've always just like click with Ross, you know? Um, yeah. Would, did he move to the Central Coast after his UFC career, because he's had fights in the UFC, correct? Yeah. Um, well, he he actually he still competing. He came to the coast a couple of times on and off gotcha. um, for a girl, right? As, uh, you, as you do, as you do. So um, thank God for for Christy Pearson. Uh, that's that's how <laughs> I met Ross. So thank you, Christy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he was just like, oh, no, I'm like a young young fighter get i'm keen keen as a mustard man and i've got I, i'll walk into the gym one day and um benny hansen ran a, a gym out at woi woi and he was one of noah's guys right so i used to train with benny we competed together he's one of my best mates still to this day and i walk in and he, he texts me that day and goes come into the gym Savo. um i've got i've got someone someone coming in and yeah. i was like okay like cool but whatever might be like a like a good jiu-jitsu guy or something like that. I walk in and Ross Pearson's hitting the bag, warming himself up, and I'm just like... So you'd heard of him? Oh, I knew Definitely. Ross, yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. a big fan of Ross. Of like, okay. um, 
I watched him on the Ultimate Fighter when he won the the Ultimate Fighter season. Epic. And then when he started coming to the coast, it was actually when he was at his peak of his career. So he was top five, top five in the world. Like he was very, very close to a title fight. Um, And then because Ross is so keen, he took a short notice fight and got stopped um, over here in Australia, actually, for Ally Quinta and got stopped with a with a TKO. And um, that was he was so close, man, to to getting that title shot. And um, yeah, so I trained with him, and then we sort of like bumped into each other a few times when he came back to the coast. So every time he'd come back, I'd hear and I'd go, "Sweet, I'm coming to train with you." And then we got we got in contact um, after like the second or third time that he came and trained. So we were always training on and off. And then he got in contact with us and go like the timing again. He get he comes back and goes, "Hey mate, I'm uh, I'm I'm moving to the coast. I'm starting up a gym." And I was like, "Wow!" So obviously I was straight in there. Um, and then yeah, we we just went from there and trained together for like three years. Um, Getting getting some wins under the belt, and yeah. then we we done our UFC debut. What do you like about his coaching style? What does he What does he do for you? Like his approach. What do you like about it? Well, he's very realistic. Um, is, he a, is he a hard man? Yeah, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely a hard I know man. He's a like hard he's, man. yeah, yeah. Like, but is he hard on you? Yeah, with yeah. his instruction and 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 uh, I guess practices. Yeah, like he's uh, the best thing about. Ross is he he goes by his nickname and his nickname is the real deal. Ross the real deal Pearson and he he is he's like probably one of the realest guys I've ever met. He'll tell you straight up what he's thinking. Um if you're not fucking pulling the line, he'll let you know. And um I respond really well to that. Like I always have I've always responded well to uh just someone saying it how it is and um being being straight up and and a uh, pretty pretty like rough and tough mentality he's like he's not worried about your feelings and i feel like in this sport you kind of have to be like that mm, like you, tough love yeah it is it's tough love and um again i've i've always sort of responded well to that mm-hmm. not everyone will you'll get people that are sort of don't don't like being told like what like, like take it personally yeah yeah you know what i mean like um take it a bit like to heart but i i've always just like listened and adapted to what whatever whatever i'm being told so yeah so it's been good man yeah just on a side note we were talking about you said your first arm bar you know that sort of like captivated you Mm. what do you prefer you know in a fight like winning by submission or by knockout oh knockout Knockout. yeah everyone does but i know actually no i know some people who prefer a submission win that's guys that have never knocked anyone out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, I just think there's no greater feeling than being, I've said this to heaps of people, mm. there's no greater feeling than um, like you've trained so hard for this fight. This guy's a killer. He's coming to do the same to you. Yeah. All that emotion, all that like um, built up, sort of energy and it's all you're putting it on the line and then when you knock a guy from his feet to the floor yeah it's just the it's the most primal feeling in the world when it's you like, find the jaw yeah yeah you you clip someone and it it always feels primal. fake like it always primal. actually feels fake when you yeah. when you're there doing it because you, you hit yeah. him 
and it's a, when it's a clean shot, it, it feels like nothing. The, your glove goes yeah. straight through their, their jaw and yeah. you're just like, they fall and you're like, whoa. Like he, he's... Is it almost like a, like I know when I've had moments, not in fighting, but when I've accomplished something physically, whether it was in soccer or surfing or skateboarding, I've had moments where time slows down. And everything, it's like everything just works for this one split second. Is that is that the sort of feeling you get? Like you're in the zone and, yeah, just, man. and it all just comes together and it's like it, it's slow-mo. It is. And it's like you've envisioned it for, for the whole lead up. You've, you've envisioned this happening. And then when it happens, it's just like it's, it's like it every, it got, everything goes in extra slow-mo. Yeah. Like they're falling and you're just like, oh, wow. Like, like a, I think they call it the flow, then, flow state. Yeah, yeah. And then my instincts just fucking kick in like no other just that kill or be killed like i'm just on them jump on them jump on them straight away yeah till the ref jumps in and controls it yes that's what their job is yeah man that's it i was saying this i've been saying this a lot lately like and i'm not i want to say it i want to put it out there like i love violence yeah as a man i need violence Uh, and that's perfectly normal you know and it is normal and i I used to be ashamed of it yeah but it's got to be controlled violence yeah you know, when you got, like you said, two people that want to be doing it, there is something like you, and you said this word primal. Yeah. Like it satisfies some weird primal urge. No, yeah. no, it's not weird. It satisfies my primal urge as a man, dude. Yeah, man. You feel that? A hundred percent. And like most people are captivated by it. You think? By violence. Like there are people that don't like it for sure and that's fine. But um, the majority of the human population, like they're, it's, it's just like a... It's, it's, it pulls you in. It's like um, two, two, two guys, two girls that are trying to take each other out in a controlled way, like we said. Uh, I, I, I don't think anything beats it. It's just like... Well, it's an, I mean, it's an art. It's such an art. Mm. Like, I see you as an artist. Like, you're a martial artist. Yeah. You know, perfecting your craft, which you'll never perfect. You'll always just... You know, no one ever perfects art. No. Nah, yeah. Always, always chasing to do more, be better. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's it's really impressive. Um, I wanna I wanna talk about UFC two eighty four because mm. that was such a big moment for, uh, I guess Australia. That event, you know, there's not a lot of Australian UFC events, and you were on that card. And last time I had you on the show, it was before you were in the training camp for that. Yeah. So let's like recap it. I mean, I just want to preface it by saying like. And I'm not blowing smoke because I like you as a person, but I loved your fight. It looked like a really measured fight, calculated, disciplined. Mm. You know, you didn't make yourself vulnerable. You picked your shots and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you feel like the fight went? Yeah, um, exactly that, man. Like we we saw uh, Francisco, he was um, making his debut against me and um, he was a dangerous cat, man. Like he, he had 11, he was undefeated. Um, 11 fights, 11 finishes. So I knew that, uh, he's going to bring that, that young, hungry, nervous energy. Um, and we anticipated that. So my, my style, the thing about my style is a lot of the time I apply pressure. So I, I'm the one pressing the action and applying pressure, which means that, yeah, which (laughs) means that I, I tend to get hit on the way in because um, I'm forcing the action and I'm engaging first. Like take one to give one. Yeah, yeah. Like like I'm not trying to, to obviously take one, but when you're, when you're, 
coming in and applying the pressure and uh, being the the guy pressing the action, a lot of the time you are going to have to do that. And um, it's just my style. It's how I've always fought. Uh, I'm trying to get better at not getting hit, but um, that's just it. And this fight was let him go first. I noticed. This, yeah, this fight was like because I you got to fight different people differently. Obviously, like you're not going to be able to be uh, the longer. Um, guy fighting from the outside every single fight. But this fight was uh, I had in my head the whole time. Um, the only way I'm losing this fight is if I give him a chance to hit me. Gotcha. Uh, like, because he's so dangerous, he's a, he's a powerful young... You can tell. Yeah, yeah. And you were his first loss. Yeah, yeah, first loss. But um, it was, I think, like... <coughs> I, th- I think I was a tough fight for him to come in on his debut, you know. Like, I, I debuted against um, a really tough guy, but it was his debut as well, Brad Brad Riddell. Um, I didn't know you actually debuted against Brad Riddell. Oh, yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. You guys trained together as well. Yeah, we've trained, trained together, together like, yeah. on and off, just in between, like, uh, for, for different camps. And funnily enough, he actually cornered me um, – in my first UFC win. Did he? The, yeah, just the way it panned out. He was over uh, in the States when I was fighting, um, when Alex was Alex was supposed to be fighting on the, that card, but he got COVID. So it was like a bittersweet sort of trip. Um, but, yeah, he, he ended up being over there, and there was a – Joe cornered me, Noah cornered me, my first coach, and then um, – there was another spot in the corner and Joe was like, hey, man, I, I think we should get Brad in the corner. He's really good to have. And, yeah, he, yeah, he was. He gave some sound advice and, um, no, it was, it was good. He's, he's a good guy. I like, I like Brad. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually think he's an underrated fighter. Mm. Like, he's he's so good, that guy. But Oh, man, he's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, but he's uh, – yeah, I just – I think he's underrated. I, don't, I think people sleep on him a little bit in my opinion. But anyway. yeah. I don't think anyone was until he's had these couple of losses, but like that that's this sport, man. This sport, we're fighting the best guys in the world and there's um there's no room for error and he's only lost to the top fifteen, top ten guys. Like Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally all his losses are in the UFC are from top fifteen guys. After that Francisco fight, dude, in your interview you called out Paddy Pimblet. Yeah, yeah. So the I, I guess I want to know, like, why did you why did you decide to call out Paddy Pimblet? Oh man, everyone wants the the Paddy Pimblet fight. You know, like he's uh he's got the biggest name in the division for um for where he's at in the in the rankings. Um, and you want those kind of fights because they're the guys that give you all that hype. Yeah, they got so many eyes on them. All do you, that do you think it would be an easy fight for you, though? I don't think it would be an easy fight. Um, I think it's a very winnable fight. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fight that I know every lightweight wants. Like, I think, like, Matt Frivola called him out last weekend. Everyone's been calling <laughs> Everyone him wants out. You. Yeah, yeah, and he knows it. He's a funny yeah. guy, man. He's like, he's like, oh, I've got everyone chasing me. Like, everyone wants the money fight. And um, he's, yeah. he's right. And, uh no, nah, I, I don't mind him as a guy. He's like he's a he's a, a pretty likable guy, I think. Um, 
But yeah, yeah. he probably is. Yeah, yeah. He, I, was, I mean, he's young and he just got thrust into like superstardom. Must mm. be hard to navigate. Yeah, yeah. He like I don't know much about him. I haven't watched much of his um, interviews and that. But the couple that I have watched, I watched his like post-fight press conference of the UFC London and that, where mm. um, and he's just got the world at his feet. But he he seems very. Uh, grounded for a guy that has that kind of yeah for a guy that has that kind of um like like you said like stardom thrown thrown on him and um that kind of hype around him you'd have so many people telling you like you're the man and all this and it'd be very easy to get caught up (laughs) in I, i would feel but he's got his like from what i saw he's got his like sort of small circle of people that he just um he said, he just goes, this, nothing's changed for me. And yeah. Yeah, I, I respect that. He copped so much shit after that Jared Gordon fight, mm. you know. Yeah. I, I mean, he copped a lot of shit just for the way he conducted himself after it, you know, because let's face it, it was a it was a tenuous win. Yeah. A very debatable win. Yeah, I yeah. That, but I had a, a guest on here, Ian Larios. He's actually the dietitian and trainer for a variety of UFC fighters, like recently Jamal Hill, mm. Jared Gordon, uh, who else? Yaya Rodriguez in his interim fight. And he's all about really safe weight cutting. So he, he gets his fighters to do these really good progressive weight cuts where it's not um, too stressful on the body, you know, mm. a couple of days before the fight. And his observation was that thing that Paddy does where he just puts on the weight and then he just, when he gets into a fight camp, he's trying to just shed the weight, the whole fight camp and stuff. He's kind of feeling like it's going to be detrimental to his career because he's making himself vulnerable through these really hard weight cuts. For sure. Now, I'm looking at you. You look pretty lean at the moment. Yeah. Are you on track? Yeah, man. No, we're pretty professional. Um, and since I've been working with Geordie, uh, the fight dietitian, it's uh, – I've changed my whole sort of like uh, my whole ways because I think it, what Paddy <clears throat> sort of does, that was the old school kind of way where you you just – it's all about making weight and eating as little calories and carbs as you can all, all fight yeah. camp and <clears throat> all you're doing is putting your body under stress. Um, you're not getting the best out of your training. Yeah, um, you're training in deficit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 How are you supposed to perform when you're not fueling your training? Like yeah. it's it's pretty fucking simple when you when you put it that way. But it's just that old school um, old school mentality and culture that uh, it's it's definitely changing. Like even this last five years, you see that pretty much a lot or most fighters to a lot of fighters are doing it right now, but you still get people, man, that are just doing it the wrong old school way, um, listening to their old fucking coaches that were like fighting back in the, back in the nineties, like just, yeah. yeah. Just. So with your, with your fight dietitian guy is, so you're, you're going into training sessions feeling fueled? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So, cause this is what Ian was saying. He's like with Jamal Hill, for example, like he was making these, you know, large servings and Jamal's like, are you sure? Like, this is a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I got you, man. I yep. got you. Like, you know, and he was, he was eating large meals yep. like a couple of weeks out and in the last week as well. And he's like, am I going to make weight? He's like, I got you. So it was kind of like fuel up just the right kind of food and things like that. Yeah. And it is, it's just like, it's literally just knowledge. Okay. Knowledge and science that we, 
fighters, um, even at the, the highest level, the top level in the world, have been sort of lacking and missing in the in the last like five to ten years. Um, it's come a long way, man. Has and I, I know exactly what you mean with what he was saying about Jamal Hill. Sometimes I'm going to Geordie on fight week. I'm eating these meals going, are you sure, dude? Like I'm I'm weighing in in two days. Like I'm allowed to eat this? And he's like, yeah, man, the numbers add up. He's, he keeps saying the numbers add up. And he goes, bro, science. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. Oh. But I, he has my full trust now because okay. – um, so he's been earned. He's yeah, earned yeah, and his philosophy is: we don't try to make fighters make weight. We want to make them feel like a machine on fight night. That's what he is. His that's his philosophy. So, so what in those last couple of days, it's basically a water cut. Yeah, yeah. You do the water manipulation, um, so you water load all all week and flush out all the electrolytes and salts that are in your body. <clears throat> um, and you're kind of tricking your body to feeling hydrated and mm. then you drastically drop it in that last 24 hours. So you cut your water and you've got a lot of water to sweat out and you don't have many minerals in your body mm. uh, to hold it in. So it makes your weight cut a lot easier. Are you getting – have you been approached by USADA in the, in these last few weeks? Is that uh, happening? Yeah, they came out maybe two months ago, a okay. month ago or something. Yeah. Do they, is it like a surprise visit? Yeah, com- completely random. So okay. USADA can just rock up to my door or the gym um, <clears throat> whenever. The, the last time they came out a couple, yeah, about a month or so ago, um, I was at cryotherapy, one of my one of my sponsors, and I was just like chilling out, doing ice, like ice, Give them a shout recovery. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cryotherapy, man. If you, if you, have you done it? No, I only do ice baths, ice plunge, but yeah. not actual. The it's like what is it? The cryo chamber. Yeah, the cryo chamber. I've seen them. So they they pump um from these holding tanks, which is at like minus I don't know. It's like minus one hundred and fifty degrees or something yeah. like that. It's like insanely cold. Pumps through these hoses and into your cryo chamber, right? Yeah. Um. So it's like oxygen and uh. I'll probably stuff this up, but it's like oxygen and nitrogen or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And it gets pumped through the hoses into your chamber and that chamber goes to – it's like a dry ice and it goes to oh, like – Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a dry ice. So you don't <laughs> um you don't feel as much of a shock as when you go into an a, a ice bath, but – Apparently, the um, it hits a lot deeper into your tissues, into your connective tissues. Similar to like an infrared sauna as opposed to a normal sauna. So it's going to the core. Yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing. It's like uh, really good for like your inflammation. It's good for you, like the way you recover and you, it resets your whole body, yeah, uh, yeah. the endorphins, the sleep. There's, there's a lot that that's behind it and um, that's why the, it's so – successful because you get a lot of uh a lot of good uh good outcomes and there's a lot of science behind it eh? yeah. yeah like how long do you last in it there's only three minutes and you'll last the whole three minutes like yep. it, is it is it like because like for example i did an ice plunge the other day in newcastle in the water and it was the, the i think the water was 10 degrees right and i mean and like two minutes is a, is a long like it's hard you've got to mentally battle it yeah so you do you have to do the same is it a mental battle those three minutes or well it's the opposite to ice bath so ice bath you first get in and it's that initial shock yep you're like really whole shit like yeah <sighs> yeah, yeah getting yeah, your yeah. breathing right 
And then you know how after about three, four minutes, you're kind of okay with it? Yeah. It's the opposite in the cryo chamber. You you start and it's like, okay, like I'm good, I'm good. And then as the time goes on, you're like, all right, this is getting hard now. Like, So at that last 30 second mark, you're pretty yeah. keen to get out because it's, okay. um, it's getting just colder and colder and colder. Okay. I think it's because of the wet sensation on your skin. Yeah, okay. So when you get in an ice bath, that wet feeling on your skin is, um, I, I guess that's like more of a shock. Mm. Whereas the the cryo chambers are colder, but um, yeah, they they actually feel like well. Better. I got a bit of knowledge because I listened to the Andrew Huberman Lab podcast, who's a neuroscientist from mm-hmm. Stanford. He's like my favorite podcast. I always talk about him on here. So. Yeah. I basically, any anything smart I say is always from Andrew Huberman. <laughs> but, yeah, he explains how, you know, your body has two temperatures. We have our surface body temperature and then our core body temperature. Yeah. And that's why he's saying infrared sauna actually heats the core. When But when you go into a wet sauna, you know, it has to heat the surface first. Right, So it right. sounds like what you're talking about is the opposite to that. Yes. And what we're really trying to do is manipulate our core body temperature. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. what you're, you're getting straight to it. Yeah. So, so what you started just turned up yeah, to they, that place. <laughs> yeah, they they called up called up my um so my they they rocked up to my house and I wasn't there because you have to Keep let you start Keep talking. Yeah. You have to let you start to know all the time um where you are, what you're doing. Oh, so do you? yeah, yeah, they've got a whereabouts up. <laughs> so I've I've let them know that I'm down here. Yeah, um, right. so they know because if you if you have three strikes, so every time they come and you're not where your app says you are, yeah, there's a strike on your name. Oh. And if you get three strikes in twelve months, you get a suspension no from way. Yeah, <gasps> imagine they turned up to the podcast right now. It'd be trippy. Yeah, so they man, could they monitor could. where you are right now. Well, they wouldn't like. Know. Is it GPS? Like, nah, a, they wouldn't oh, okay. know that I'm right here. But they know I'm in Wollongong. Uh, right. They know I'm down here. Okay. So. They know what times I train at the gym, so they'll probably rock up to the gym in the next week or so. Yeah. 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 So, see, this is interesting for the average person to hear. These are the things that people don't hear about. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just see you in the ring, Man. in the cage, and that's all they see, but the yeah. shit that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, no, a lot, lot to it. Do you ever wonder if it's just too much hard work? Um, nah, because I just, I just enjoy it. I, I enjoy my job. Um, I'm lucky enough to do a job that I, I really love. So, um, fuck it. I swear to God, by every every fight when you're cutting weight and you're at that, you're like, fuck, why do I even do this shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, I swear this is going to be my last fight. <laughs> so your dietitian at the moment is planning every meal. Because I noticed you're sponsored by a, a meal company. Yeah, yeah. Are you eating those meals? Yeah. Or is he actually... So he'll 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 suss them out first and go yeah you can eat that you can you can't or is he actually making your meals? For so you? he talks to TikTok Nutrition. Yeah, they're my my food sponsor. Cool, fucking love them. Yeah, um, and they sort me out with my meals for the week, and each week Geordie lets them know uh, the carb intake the and the protein intake. Okay, um, and the the right calories the macros. So he's I'm lucky enough to have him. Literally talking with them, and they just sort my meals out, so it's just all done. And right. I I noticed that they get uh, uh that the carb kind of mm-hmm. drops and the protein goes up as the camp goes on. Okay. So um, which you just have to do that because yeah. you've got a weight that you've got to hit. Yeah. But um, it's still enough and still plenty to keep me fueled. And 
they fucking taste good too. Do they? So, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually uh, was at the time I was trying to order some online, um, but I am going to go to it because I've been looking for some. Yeah, man. Some meals do it. as well, but at the time they weren't delivering to Wollongong. But, yeah. But they might be now. I don't know. That was a while back. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. they they definitely are now. Yeah. So because yeah. some of those some of those meals like <laughs> those pre made meals can be kind of shit. Mm. But I've heard those TikTok ones. That, Oh, it sounds like an ad, but whatever. They're pretty new. They're pretty tasty as well. Yeah, man. No, they. Yeah. I, I like them. I rate them a lot. <laughs> it's funny on this day and age, you know, people are turning more to that because they just don't have time to cook their own meals. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing that it does for me. It's the convenience, the the time that it saves me. Yeah. I don't even have to go to the shop to get all my food for starters, mm. and then um, you spend like if you do your meal prep for the week, mm. uh, you spend like. I don't know three three hours on a yeah. Sunday setting you can be up. Resting. Yeah, when you can just be chilling. Um, so I, I like it a lot. There's enough like even stuff that I have to do without <laughs> without doing, worrying about my meal prep. You know. Yeah. yeah. What what are you ranked at the moment? I uh, I believe I'm in that top thirty. Okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So after that last performance at UFC two eighty four. Were you hoping for a start on, like, say, UFC 290 or something like that? Um, nah, I didn't think that it would – especially because uh, I got a debut guy. Okay, um, okay. For some reason, no one wanted to fight me. Um, yeah, why? Why do you think that was the case? I noticed that you were talking about that on social media. Yeah. I've got no idea. Too tough. I think that I, – I honestly – I personally think that the Americans don't like leaving their country to fight. Is that what you've learned over the I reckon. Like, I don't know. Because there's, there's, there's plenty of guys that could have come out to Australia and fought mm-hmm. me, but um, I reckon I'm a tough fight. And uh, there, there could have been heaps of reasons. I'm sure there was a lot of guys that were already matched, so they couldn't have taken it. Then there was probably some guys that are injured, but surely there was there was a few guys that got offered the fight that could have taken it because my mm. opponent pulled out nine weeks out. He he pulled from the fight, so he was getting surgery. So <laughs> I was like, um, oh, that's sweet. I'll get a replacement, no worries. Yeah. Didn't get a replacement until four weeks out. So that four wow. weeks, there was there must have been guys turning the fight. Down. Yeah. Yeah. That's really – that's hard training-wise, right? You don't know what you're preparing for. Yeah. It, like, it, I, I, I've, I'm pretty good with it. I'm pretty good at not not really worrying about it because I think we were talking about that last time, eh? Yeah. Um, where Jarrett was – Jarrett uh, Wilbraham was saying, like, uh, it, it must be hard, like, preparing for a fight where you don't know who you're fighting. And I was like, yeah, it is. It kind of is. But um, at the same time, it's – I've been doing it so long where I don't. I just don't really worry about it. Okay. I focus on myself. Like you're comfortable enough with all aspects of your game that you can adapt. Sort of last minute. Yeah. Go, okay. This guy's a wrestler. Okay. This guy's a striker. Okay. This guy. Okay. Well, that's the good thing about like being well rounded, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no matter where the fight goes, I'm I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like I can take a fight uh, to wherever I need to to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you know about this guy? Uh, Garam. Yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you know Garam about him? He's uh he's good man. He's a he's a good fighter. Um you reckon I'll stay on the feet? Tough kickboxer. I think it'll be a predominantly kickboxing fight, but I'm I'm looking to pressure him. 
pressure him with wrestling and boxing and okay. uh, wear him down. Yeah, yeah nice. That's the game plan. Stay away from his kicks? Yeah, man. Yeah, stay away from his kicks and, uh, like, come in on them, actually. Like, take his kicks off him. So okay. I know I'm going to come out of this fight with some bruises because it's going to be one of those wars where I, I have to I have to get in. If I play the outside game with him, yeah. uh, he's very, very fast. Okay. And that's what he wants. He wants that outside, like, in and out, bouncy karate sort of kickbox style. Okay. Uh, because he's had like 80 kickboxing fights. Very dangerous, but um I'm I'm just gonna fucking walk right through him, man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really take it to him and take his weapons off him and yes, um sir. yeah, get that win. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, how about Jarrett's fight down in Melbourne? Oh what did you what, what's your what's your summation of that? It was a crazy, <laughs> crazy fucking fight. Is like, it just me or is he su- super engaging to yeah, watch? Yeah, man. That 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 was because it was scheduled for five fives, and yeah. um, they came out and was it was like it was a a one round fight. Like that's yeah. that's the pace they were going at in that first oh, round, dude. you know. Like, uh, yeah, he's a, he's an intense individual, man. Yeah, which, um, it, it's it's so exciting to watch. It's it so exciting. So I'm I'm sure he's uh, learned a lot from that fight. Um, what would what would be your advice to him after that fight? I mean, there's an obvious one. Don't give up your back. Yeah. Which is easy to say. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're in, a, in there yeah. with a guy like Khan Offley. He's a very, very high-level fighter, man. Um, he's been around for years and years. And uh, I think he was the main event, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they yeah. went on at like 11 o'clock at night or something. Yeah, main event, title fight. Um, so I would say I I would think that he's learnt a lot from it in um, take your time a little bit more. I would say. Yeah. Just because it was a very frantic high pace, which can go one or two ways. If he got the finish, we'd all be saying, fuck, Jarrett, Jarrett, Wilbraham, yeah. wow, mm-hmm. what a finish, what a hero. But it can go one or two ways when you uh, when you start that hard and you've got a tough guy in front of you like Khan. Um, yeah. You, you, can, you can sort of blow your water a little bit early and just like – Rush decisions. That's exactly what Jarrett said. Yeah, he said yeah, I got I, a, I got a few good shots on him and I got a taste. And I'm like, okay, like, and he's 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 rattled, and I'm just gonna keep going. And apparently, Israel Adesanya reached out to him after the fight and sent him a message and said, listen, just because you get a good shot, you don't ha- you don't have to rush the next few. Just yeah, oh right, you know, just sit back and wait. And then that's pretty cool. Yeah, and he said that that really obviously resonated with him to hear yeah. from him. So yeah, no, it, it is, man. It's not a rush. I remember. Um, one of my pro fights in in um in Sydney in Punchbowl, I, I was like I, I'm one um I'm one to talk, but I was like that uh, for most of my pro career. <laughs> I would just come out um, guns blazing from the first bell, and I remember I was warming up for a fight um for a super fight. Uh, I was I was fighting for the lightweight title against Abel Brights. And Josh Coolabell, my mate, he's in the UFC now as well. Um, yeah, he's come into the into the change rooms when I'm when I'm warming up, and he saw how pumped I was looking, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking chin this cunt, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, bro, touch him. He said, just touch him. You hit hard. There's no need to put everything into every shot. You need to just take your time. You will hurt him. He said, like, you will 100% hurt him. Just take your time. <laughs> And that's exactly what I did. I just went out there and was just, I, th- I thought like, you know, sometimes just the way someone says something, it can just re- like yeah. really resonate with you. Yeah. It was like that, man. I Like 
just the way he said it, I was like, I'm just going to touch him. I'm just going to feel it out. Just go out there and take my time. And um, it, it, like ever since then, I've uh, really, really said to all the guys, all our guys, like, you got to take your time. There's yeah. no rush. You think it's a street fight mentality, that? It's fight or flight, I reckon. Okay. Fight or flight response. Like you, when you're put in that situation, um, in saying that, I've always been calm uh, when I'm when I am um, getting really aggressive. I've, I've, I've at the same time like been quite calculated, but um, it's it's that fight or flight when you put someone in there and there's a there's a guy trying to kill you. Mm. You can get that nervous, anxious energy. Like I said about Francisco yeah. being on the big show, coming in to fight me for that first time. We knew that that's what he'd bring, yeah. and it's given me dangerous. Dude, I, I, those moments with him and I went, oh, like he's he's quick and he's hard. Like yeah. I thought, oh, shit. He's Powerful little nugget. I was scared eh? for you for a moment. But then, I don't know, you dominated. There was one point on the ground too. I think he tried to get you in and you flipped out of it. Oh, tried to get the, you in a guillotine? No, yeah, no, no. Kimura. Kimura, yeah, yeah. The he had last arm, minute you? of the fight. Yeah, yeah and I was like, no, fuck. No. I could not believe it. And, and you kind of flipped out of it. Then you got sort of semi-stuck up against the cage. Yeah, yeah. Because I was being just like lazy yeah. and I'm on top and I am I knew there was like a minute left in the fight and I'm loose with my arms on top and he's just snatch one and rip one out. And um, as he as he went for it, I rolled through and then he got on top and, was, and he still had my arm but he didn't have it behind my back. So we're both just fighting for it. And in that moment, I literally thought to myself, I thought – no fucking way. Like, <laughs> Dude, I, I was like, this guy, and I thought to myself, this guy's got uh like, it was like a, a, a flashback, but I remember thinking, he's got 11 finishes and he's going to finish me in the last minute. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. I think even way. the commentators were saying it too. They were just like, no, like, he's, yeah. come on, come on. Such a clean performance and then that. But yeah. then I-, I um, John Attic John Attic was freaking out too. Yeah. <laughs> No, I snapped out of it and then yeah. remembered uh, what to do. We'd just turn my hips in and um, yeah, you rolled with it beautifully. But yeah. then, but then I had a, a split second of like the cage was right there, mm. and I thought that was going to stop you from being able to roll. I think that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can you can get stuck in those positions where the cage can um yeah, just the just an awful position <laughs> and get unlucky there. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, man. Well, I, what do you listen? I know we're talking about like a lot about fighting, but obviously, who cares? Like that's what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> um, UFC two ninety. Like, what do you think of that announcement? Man, Vulcan. Uh, yeah, like that it's is going to be a. It's going to be a blockbuster fight. But talk about like having to adapt. So Volk's just gone up against probably the, one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. Mm. You know, in Islam, and then now he's going to go up against one of the most unpredictable strikers in the UFC. I don't know. Yeah, we never count Volk out, right? Yeah, but it's like, dude, it's like, really? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, big change up, man. <laughs> it's um, it's a stylistically, it's a, it's a really interesting and and fun fight. But um, just having trained with Volk, I, I know that his fight IQ is so so high and intelligent. So. I see him um, – I actually see him reading a lot of stuff that, yeah, does just, just yeah. by his distance management. Okay. Just by, by how close, yeah, gets into him. Yeah. I know he throws a lot of funky spinning elbows, back elbows, um, flying knees, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but I think – I, I just I – th- I'm pretty confident that Volk's going to be able to see – 
most things coming and yeah. then he'll just do what do what Volk does and, and break him with, with uh pressure and pressure and cardio and yeah. and just pick him apart. Cardio Volk's cardio is just next level. I swear he has a third lung. You reckon? <laughs> I reckon. That's <laughs> just insane. When when you train against him, like with him, what 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 do you where do you see his cardio really really manifest? Is it in the wrestling stuff? Where you really see how good his cardio is? Um, is I think it's when everything gets mixed together. Like when you – so the the, the hardest part about MMA is like chaining all the different um, – what am I – what's the word I'm looking for? The physical, like uh, the energy systems. Oh, okay. So you've got anaerobic, you've got aerobic, then you've got your strength and your explosiveness. Yep. So that's why MMA is so short – like – it's short rounds, yeah. five-minute rounds, but it's intense, yeah. super intense, especially when, uh, you know, like, for instance, Jarrett and, and Khan, when the way they went at it, like, you can't uh, you can't hold that for it's a very long time. Yeah. yeah, it's not sustainable. But um, <clears throat> that's where you notice that Volk's just so in control of his, of his pace because you, you have scrambles with him, <clears throat> you'll have a wrestle, Straight back up, kickboxing, shooting again, and yep. then your your mind's just going, "Fuck, man, this guy does not go away." <laughs> yeah. And then you get up, and he's in your face, and yeah. he's like, he's making you panic. Um, so he's very good at applying applying smart pressure, but not uh, not wasting energy. Gotcha. Yeah, he's very efficient with his energy. <sighs> That's why this sport is like th- that combination of physical, mental, and emotional. Mm. You know, having to harness all those elements, that's why I really do believe that they're the most elite athletes in the world, you know? Like yeah, man. Stuff it's, you guys do. I think it's one of the hardest sports to uh, mm. to replicate as well. Do you want some? No, I'm good. Thanks, brother. Yeah, it's it's um that card too. There's one fight I'm interested in. I'm, I'm interested in all the fights because Moreno's on the on the card as well. Yes. Yep. I love him, that Mexi- little Mexican guy, dude. Man, he's such him. a likable guy. Have you met him? Uh, I oh, talked to him on Fox Sports. Yeah, that's, I was, that's um, rocking there. Keep going. Yeah, I was on the Fox Sports panel uh, and they had him on and I was just enjoying <laughs> listening to him and Rob Whitaker talk because they're both like Lego fans. And um, yeah, man, they were, they were just having great chats about Lego mm. and about anime and all this kind of stuff. So um, mm. nah, he's a super likable guy and fuck, what a fighter. Like, yeah, just heart, dude. Just a little Mexican warrior. Just uh, so much heart. So and then much the heart. other fight, Rob Whitaker and that uh, South African guy, Duplessis. Yeah, Drickus. Drickus, yeah. yeah it's interesting. I don't know. I got. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, obviously, I want Rob Whitaker to win. That Duplessis guy is one of those fighters who, I don't know, he talks himself up more than he should. And, you know, you want to see those people get their asses kicked. I don't know. What do you think of that fight? Yeah, well, I, I think he's out of his league with Rob Whitaker. You do? I do, That's yeah. what I was thinking. I think Rob's going to show him the levels like. I wonder why he got that fight though. That's what I'm curious about. Oh, did, so he was uh, saying that it's a bit a bit of like a controversy and, um, and stuff about what he said. <laughs> he said. After Israel's fight? Yes, he he. So he is from South Africa, and he's South African born and bred, and trains there and everything. And then I guess he's like a bit jealous of um, Israel Adesanya and Kamara Usman mm. because they they claim to be South African, which they are. They obviously are. They're African, and um, 
he's he's called him out and been like, oh, well, you're not real <laughs> African. Uh, where you you don't live here, you don't breathe African air. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. So he's kind of like bypassed a lot of people, cut mm. the line a little bit because he's peaked. Um, is his interest and is he's gone? Hey, I'm gonna fuck you up. Like yeah. you don't 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 talk to me about where I'm from and uh, say that I'm not African. I'm I'm just as African as you are. So yeah, it's a little bit like he has uh, cut the line, so to speak. Well, that's how it feels, mm. you know. Is that smart promotion though, you know? I think so because like the middleweight division is a hard one, man, because you've got Rob's like the gatekeeper for Izzy. No one can beat Rob, but then no one can beat Izzy and um, Rob can't beat Izzy or he hasn't the last two times. So it's a it's a tough one, man, and I think that's what the UFC's done. They've gone, oh, well, this guy's like talking some shit and he, Israel wants to fight him now. Yeah. He's, he's lit a fire under Izzy to fight him, so... Um, yeah, I think that's the only reason he's he's got that that pass. Yeah, make, yeah I, I don't th- I don't see him getting past Rob. Nah, either do I. But who knows? Like you said, he's game. Sport. He's a game guy. Yeah. He comes to fight, but I just think the levels like Rob's going to really show him that uh, he's just not in that top five yet. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. But I mean, again, who am I? I'm just a casual on the lounge, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I was just thinking like with your story and going back to the plumbing stuff, like this is all so exciting and you've got so much exciting stuff ahead. You know, how satisfied will you be when it all comes to an end to go back to plumbing? You think you'd be okay with it? Yeah, man, I'll be okay. Will you go back to plumbing or would you try and navigate uh, some sort of career in in the fighting space? Um. Yeah, it's hard to say, eh? I've always wanted to do disability work as well. Have you? Yeah. Who are you, dude? Yeah, yeah. Why? I I just like, I feel like I just connect with them really well with with someone with a disability. Um, I love them. I love like the, the personalities that you get off them and... The fact that they're they're just people. They're they're really like just like us, but they're they're more interesting and better and funner. And I uh, I think I'd be really well. I, I think I'd like um I'd connect well with them being a professional fighter too. I think they'd be like a little bit interested in that. Yeah. Uh, that's what I <laughs> I see myself maybe doing. Hey, eh? I, yeah. I don't know yet, but um, it's something that I've I've already talked to. Uh, that's so cool. People in in that sort of field, yeah. Dude, that's so nice. I would, I've never, I would have never expected that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it would be a heaps um rewarding job as well. Is that what you're looking for? For sure, something where you feel like you're doing it's a, you've got purpose. Yes, yeah, and and it gives back to me, gives back to uh to the community, and like I, I don't know, I, I just really think it would be something that I'd like to do. Yeah, yeah, that's why I got into teaching. Because I felt like I wanted to be of service to the community. Yeah. You know, teach young people. As yeah. much as it gives me the shit sometimes. <laughs> like most days I walk out of there going, okay, I've I've done my part. I've, I've helped someone, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it does feel good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's pretty – it can be training sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Disability work would be the same. It'd be – have it's like anything, good side and bad side. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I nah. like that. I don't know. There's also like the obvious one too is to open up a fight gym. I think I talked to you about that on the phone not too long ago about the area that I moved to. I was like, yeah, yeah, they need it. They need it. They need a good gym up here. Yeah, yeah. But, that yeah. that's always something on my mind as well. Is it? Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'll uh, 
I weigh everything up when when the time comes to stop fighting. But mm. for now, it's just uh, all eyes on the prize. How about your family? <clears throat> How are they feeling <clears throat> about your career? Obviously, they're supportive. Mm. You know, they still they want you to stay in it for as long as you can, or they want you out. Yeah, man, they they want me just doing uh, following my heart and do doing they? what I want to do. Yeah, and um, my oh, my family loves it. It's like the one of the first things everyone asks me when I when I catch up with them, say any word on a fight? What's what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, they're they're always my my number one supporters, man. Um, very very supportive since since my my day dot first amateur fight. Um, come to every single fight and they love it. How do you manage being away from them? So at the moment, you know you're you're living two and a half hours away, so you can train at freestyle. Yeah. Know for the end of your fight camp, as you do. I mean, how do you manage that? I guess emotionally, being away from your significant other and your and your family. Yeah, man. Is it um, hard? Yeah, yeah. It's, it gets hard sometimes. Like, and it makes you just appreciate them more. I feel. Well, just being away from them um, just makes you like really, really know that uh, you've. It makes you feel lucky, like lucky for what you have, and. Um, yeah, no. Then I guess that just drives me to to train obviously even harder when I'm away from that, because um, you're literally sacrificing like time with your loved ones, like, something that you you can't get back at the end of the day. Um, and man, I, I miss my dog so much. Oh, bro, miss him so much. He's like he, he just just makes me so happy, man. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've taken him down a couple of times when we we were staying at a place um, <clears throat> where Volk put us up in a in a in a house in a fight that house. last fight camp. Uh the one before that, I believe. Yeah, there was there was once when I had him down here, and um, yeah, he just like he's just so so good to have down. Just let him run off on the beach, and that's <laughs> that's the things that makes me happy. That's what I love doing in my spare time. Um, is Volk, time is Volk like dog. super generous like that? Like. Just what paid for a house for all the fighters? Yeah, man. Like he's um. Does he do stuff like that? Very, very good dude, man. Like, he, like why does on, he do it? Well, on his camps, he brings um guys from all over in, right? And then that obviously gives us the opportunity to train with the best guys in in Australia and in the world. Like the, that last fight camp, he brought brought in guys from um the US. He brought in Craig Jones. He brought in some high level wrestlers from Frank America. Hickman. Yeah, Frank Hickman was over, brought him over from Thailand. So he basically got that house. And this is like a, just what a stand-up guy Volk is. Like you don't hear this stuff and he don't he don't say much, but he just like I, I offered him Bitcoin and just like just to be like thank you. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's just such a good dude, man. So um, it's like he gets more a variety of training partners that are high level – yeah, you guys get somewhere to live. It's like he's putting back into the sport, really. Oh, for sure. That's, that's yeah. he's such a good dude. Yeah, man. And it's like it gives us like the just the best a uh, world championship camp as well. Yeah. So no, nah, I love being a part of it, man. I feel very, very, very mm-hmm. lucky. Um, since the day that they asked me to come up for the first uh the first title defense against Max Holloway, yeah, that kind of introduced me to <clears throat> the freestyle team and um. Just the whole vibe down here in, in the gong and in the dang. You like the gong? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I love uh, I love that Windang Shell Cove sort of area. That's where <laughs> I usually stay for my camps. Um, yeah, it's a nice, nice vibe down it's there. It's a good zone, eh? Yeah. 
just find there's a lot of good people down here. Heaps, uh, eh? Do you think so? Heaps. Heaps of good people. Like, I don't know. Just compared to, like, where I'm from in on the Central Coast, it's like it's getting, like, uh, a little bit too crowded now. It's like a... Think like, more of a Sydney vibe? It's becoming like Sydney, yeah. Okay. Becoming like a little city where it's just too crammed and everyone's just... um. Everyone's just mad at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the vibe. I mean, the Central Coast is beautiful as well. Like, it, the, geographically, it's so beautiful, that place. Yeah, but, yeah. No, it is. It, it is. It's still really nice. It's just getting too too crowded now. A bit it's hard to move around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, traffic can get bad up there, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, um, I just, it's Mother's Day today. You know, we're yep. recording on Mother's Day and obviously you're away from your mother on Mother's Day for training reasons yep. and, you know, you got a shout out for your mum? Yeah, man, like shout out to mum. Uh, happy Mother's Day. I was, I was actually just on the phone with her, so uh, called, yeah. gave her a call and uh, check in and just um, let her know I love her. Oh, I do. Yeah. Just... What do you love about her? Oh, the, the, the endless amount of things that she's done for me for starters. Um Oh, my mum's funny, man. She she gets on the gets on the on the drink every like just like on the odd occasion that she does, and she's just a piss take, mate. She's fucking hilarious. She's like, ah, uh, yeah, she's one of my best mates, you Is know. She? Yeah, no, nah, I love oh, mum. Get on, get on, great. Mum's the best. Yeah. And, Is um, she Irish background as well? Yeah, yeah. So both your parents are from Ireland. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow, man. The fighting yeah. Irish. Yeah, man. You get back to Ireland much? From. Yeah, I've been back a few times, um, about four or five times now. And um, it's obviously better when um, back there uh, out of a fight camp um, when I'm when I'm able to go and have a few pints with the boys and get into the Irish food. The food's so good over there. It's just all like comfort food, like, yeah. Bangers and mash. Hardy, yeah, hearty feeds. Just cold, pub feeds. Cold and, outside. Yeah, yeah. Pub feed in a pint. Yeah, yeah man. Nah, it's it's um it's good. And I feel at home when I go back there. It's like it's okay. weird. I feel like uh it's just like um in my blood and in my in my DNA. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean it is, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny I feel that because I've got Maltese heritage, which is part of Europe, you know. Right. My father is Maltese or was Maltese before he passed away. But yeah. uh I must admit, like growing up in Australia, uh born here and sort of having I guess olive skin and but then going over to Malta, it was yeah, I, I remember going there just going, Okay, like this is actually where my DNA is from. It's weird. And eh? I'm like, I really feel it. Like this is home. Like yeah. don't get me wrong, Australia's home, but it's like okay. Like and it was I needed to do it. Yeah. To really identify with the people. And I see people and go, oh, he looks like me a little bit. Yeah. Whereas I don't get that here. I don't look at the average white Australian and go, oh, we look the same. Yeah, yeah. Over there, I'm like, oh, I see those little characteristics. Yeah. And it's like you you adapt to where you are and you fit in so so quick, eh? Yeah. It's, 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 it's actually weird. And even my surname too, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Like over in Australia, I say my surname to people and they go, oh, where's that from? But then I go over there, when I've been over there and I said it, it's like, Oh, it's like Smith in Australia, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you probably get that too in, um, you know, Malarkey's full Irish. You yeah, know? yeah. So people hear that in Ireland and go, yeah, it's a good Irish name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one of us. Oh, are you holding that mic? You heard the oh, rattle? just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that screw's a little bit undone. No, but that's cool. Oh, that's why I was – but it's all good. No. Yeah, so I want to 
before we start to wind it up a little bit, just tell me a little bit about Vegas. Like, do you like being in Vegas as a as a town? Um. Well, the last time. I was there for my last fight against Michael Johnson. Yeah. That was the first time that we were able to actually be out and about and experience yeah. Vegas. So we stayed at um, the Rock, the Hard Rock Casino, Hard Rock Hotel. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it, man. Yeah. I liked it. It was, uh, it's different. It's a different world over there, but um, you see a lot of different characters, but uh, no, it was nice. Will you party after the fight? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, man, 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> You're not going to organize like an actual post-fight party at a venue like they do? Uh, I, have done, I have done in Vegas before. Ross, OG Rossy P, he's got the connections over there. <laughs> Has he? Yeah, man. Of course he does. So, yeah, yeah. We, after I fought um, Jalen Turner, we, we went out and had a party, but that was coming off a loss, so wasn't as good. But, um, nah, this time around, we'll, we'll go out and send it. Yeah. Yeah. How many more fights do you do you want to have this year if you could? Man, if I could, um, it's it's a harder one because I was my plan was to have four fights this year, especially because I got on that February card in um, in Australia. That's a great opportunity to pump out a, a good four fights, fighting that earlier in the year. Mm. But um, then I didn't, I wasn't able to get anything uh, until June. It's still still pretty possible, so. If I can get another three fights in this year, I'd be stoked. Yeah. Because the plan is to go um, June, this next one, and then UFC is coming back to Sydney in September. I know. Yeah. I'm so there. So, yeah, we we definitely want to get on that. (coughs) So that gives me a good time frame between June to September. Yeah. A couple of weeks in between camps to recover. And then, um, yeah, we'll see how we go after September. If all if it all plays out the way I want it to, uh, I could I could see myself getting in again. Yeah, maybe dude. like late November, December. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. That'd be unreal, unreal for the bank account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, distress about money. It is like um, when when I first started doing this full time, um, full time fighting gig. It's like not a steady income, right? It's not a secure, stable income. Um, and like it's it's like Ross said to me, it's the best job in the world. Um, you've got financial stress uh, to deal with because it's all riding on your wins and your losses, but it's it's worth that, that financial stress because you're doing what you love. Hey, like, you can't put a price on these experiences. You, you actually can't. I just think money, what, money comes and goes. You learn money later on in life, whatever job. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like put a price on what's going on right now. You hundred percent. And these are memories you'll share with your kids and your grandkids, and mm. it's so good. Dude. Yeah, man. I, I sort of like stop and pinch myself like about that sometimes. Like when you have the down days and that, and you're like, well, "Hang on a second, man. You mm. you fucking doing what you love? This yeah. is this is unreal." Yeah. Yeah. I've got some random questions. Random question number one. Have you ever met Joe Rogan? Um, over the screen I have, yeah. Over screen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, Fox News? Uh, no, nah, like he, he interviewed me, but it was at COVID when the- So Joe Rogan interviewed you? Yeah, yeah. After my first UFC win. No way. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. And what, what was his vibe like? Oh, man. It's just like when I was getting- Because I wasn't- <laughs> 
I wasn't face to face right next to him, so that was yeah. like not as good. But um, I was still at the same time going, "Fuck, I'm getting in." I've thought about this so many times before. <laughs> getting interviewed by Joe Rogan, it was um, it was surreal, man. See, that, that, like that's another little milestone along the way. I think like little things like that. There's, yeah. there's little micro experiences you have, especially for like no one a, else a gets. young fighter. Like everyone wants that sort of uh, like meet Bruce Buffer and meet Joe Rogan. Yeah, that, that, it's cool. But have you seen like a lot of what a lot of fighters do now if they get a Joe Rogan octagon interview post fight it's like you know a lot of fighters going oh I got my Joe Rogan interview you know like they're Mm. it's now like there's little things they want to tick off in their career yeah yeah no it is it's it's, uh, a special human yeah and the other random question is it just came to me and I did want to ask you have you ever knocked someone out with an elbow um on the floor yeah you have yeah yeah is that, um, is that one? Like, I think for me, that would be the way I'd want to do it. Elbow, I just, I just elbow to the elbow. face. I love elbows, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on the ground, it's almost all I throw. Yeah. Because I've got pretty long limbs and um, it's it's easier and like quicker for me to, to roll an elbow over gotcha. on your face than to posture up and punch. Gotcha. And the good thing about elbows is um, <coughs> you don't lose position as, as easy because yep. you don't have to posture up. And they're sharp. Yes. Do more damage. Get the blades out. I'm, I'm a massive fan of elbows since I first started uh, pro fighting. So to answer <laughs> your question in a roundabout way, the first pro fight I had was a TKO stoppage with elbows. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm so glad I asked. Yeah. <laughs> so glad. Yeah. I, I've, I've just always had this idea of like if I was in close proximity and then we're in a clinch and then I'm like pulling out of the clinch, get him with the elbow. Yeah. 100%. I don't know. Anyway. Such an just easy shot. Again, so these are really things, to, easy things to think about from the oh, lounge. Oh, dream from away. Fucking, I love it. <laughs> Dude, I'm 46. I'm never having a fight, but it's like, <laughs> I do love it. I love the training. Um, yeah. I just love it. And like the times I've been in freestyle, just been around that energy that you guys bring. It's, it's, it's like, it's powerful, but it's kind and just, yeah, just satisfy something deep in your soul as a man, yeah. just that primal. And it's know. good because you're like the perfect example of someone who has that, like, um, even the way that we were talking about like enjoying violence. Yeah. It's such a natural thing for us to feel. It is. I think so. It's a primal natural thing for us to feel, but you're the perfect example of someone that comes into the gym to learn and to enjoy it, not to have a fucking shit um, like I'm a, I'm a fighter, I, I know how to fight now and go start trouble and yeah. you're not like that at all. You're a really nice soul. Thanks, brother. That, yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, wants to, wants to learn and – uh Enjoy it and have respect for it. That's what it's about. It. it is. Gives hey. you some discipline. It's no. Nah, I, I, I urge anyone to to get into a gym and, and try it out. Yeah, you said that in the last episode. I thought it was such a good because this podcast. In, I never set out for this podcast to be like a mental health awareness podcast. Like that was never my intention. But just by default, it's occurred. And every it's like every guest brings their own angle on mental health mm. and i just really liked yours a lot because it was just the most obvious and the, and the most uh rational and simple way you were just like if you're not feeling well mentally just go and do some hard training like i guarantee you'll feel better like that's what you said in our last yeah. episode and and it really stuck with me you know when i'm feeling like shit you know just good hard training yeah gets you out of your shit gets you out of your head because it does to be, right? clears your head 
it, it physically um, releases chemicals <laughs> in your brain that make you feel better. So there's no like argument to it. it. It will make you feel better, make you have a better better output outlook on things as well. For sure. Like my last guest, Craig Martin, who's had professional MMA fights, he said. His philosophy is like, train really, you want to feel better mentally, train really hard, always look at ways to educate yourself, it could be in the gym or outside, train hard, educate and be disciplined. Because they're the three pillars, you do those things, you're going to just start feeling better. Yeah. So stop whinging. I agree. Like take action. Yep, 100%. Cool, man. Well, listen. It's been epic. I feel so honoured to have you on again, especially in this late in your fight camp, and I'll be cheering for you. Thank you. How can people watch it? Uh, you can watch it on UFC Fight Pass or probably on ESPN, I'd say. ESPN? Yeah, yeah. ESPN. Um, well, it'll be on at a local pub too. So yeah, yep, for sure. June 3rd, June 4th over here in Australia. Um, yeah. Watch me go to work. Yeah. And, you know, follow Jamie on the socials. Stay updated. Get little insights into his life. He's a inspirational and rad human. Now, Jamie, you know this. I ask all guests to come to the podcast with, like, a cause they want to support or advocate for and talk about last time. But what do you got for us again this time? Yeah, I want to advocate. Uh, I'll do the double header and um, double up on Talk To Me, bro, uh, just to get that mental health awareness out there. Um, I don't think you can really spread it enough. Um, yes, sir. Talk to your mates. Absolutely. And I'll just, you know, jump on the back of that. They have um, chapters in Wollongong and Newcastle. And every Friday in Wollongong at City Beach, they uh, do ice baths. They set up the portable ice baths. You have an ice bath, have a chat. They also sometimes mix in a bit of yoga. And it's also for men and women. And then they do the same thing in Newcastle at Dixon Park, uh, yeah, kiosk, uh, Sunny Boy kiosk, every Friday morning, 6am, ice baths, maybe a swim in the ocean, coffee, chat, and they'll supply all the coffee for free as well. How good. So all the funds they make, just, yeah, they spend it on coffee because coffee's a good way of getting people talking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just have a chat. Well, it's better than having a chat over, for some people who, if you're struggling with mental health, chatting in the pub over beers might not be the best place for you. Nah, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. All right, man. Well, Mother's Day, let's go and enjoy our Sunday. Yeah, go to the mums. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Thanks for having us on.